Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop giant, Chuck. That's how we always started. I don't <laughs> yeah. even have my headphones on. How come on? you never I'm said stop dying, I'm texting I'm, I'm going to be home late. God damn, this is a hey, late Chuck, night, you guys. Chuck, yeah. stop dying. Hey, stop dying, stop Mike. Dying. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I needed that. Stop okay, dying. so Bob will say it to me, and then I'll say it to you. Stop dying, Chuck. And then you need to say it to Bob, then everybody's covered. We're going <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, so, some, someday we're going to die sober or drunk. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want 19-year-olds to die of, of drug addiction from fentanyl. No, we don't. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of our... I had a nice compliment from our... The person in charge, Jessica, Jess, that you know, she said, you know, Bob, you might not have the most followers of, of people in social media, but you have the most dedicated people feel like they're intimately involved in you. Almost all of the people that follow your social media. So I felt hmm. good about that. Right. It was like 3,500 people and they really feel like I listen to them and I'm championing for them and I care about them and they can text me and i do i try to do as much as i can can you imagine if it was thirty-five thousand or three hundred thousand or three million some people like dr drew has three million no, followers that's then a you'd lot. be an influencer like, you can't i don't think you can have the intimacy when you post something like i have on my phone on instagram when you're the person doing it here's this larry bird thing it will tell me my insights so 788 people have seen it 102 liked it five made comments i just posted that an hour ago so then it will build up to what's the you know what's the popular one recently was um i don't know the picture of me saying i love you fuck you that's doing that's 2420 so that's at a 25% clip of people are really liking it or whatever. So there are people that like, if you look, I have a friend, Johnny Knoxville, that guy, mm -hmm. he posts something, 65,000 people see it and like 14,000 like it. It's the same percentage. It's like 25%. It's a, the future, Chuck. I'm telling you. Yeah. Nordstrom's or, just said they're not going to do any traditional advertising whatsoever. No, no, no terrestrial television or cable television. They're only doing social media marketing. Nordstrom's. I mean, that's a huge thing. So the reason why I wanted to talk about it is I've been talking about Purdue Pharmaceutical being murderers for 12 years. And today... They settled their first lawsuit of many for $270 million with one municipality, one of 1,600 suing them. What, what does that mean? The, one town, one oh, town okay. sued Purdue saying they caused all this death and destruction and emergency response cost and hospital cost and all this and damage we want our, to, we want our and fucking we money want back. compensation from the people who did this and mm. it was the first lawsuit they settled of 1600 for 270 million now chuck i have a calculator in my <laughs> i don't phone. think it goes that high i don't I think don't, it goes that gonna, high you're gonna run out I, of zero i just i want to see this <laughs> so we're gonna go 1600 
times. Hey, they poison the water, man. They should pay. You can just do 270 you know? and we can know it's millions, right? 270. No, we got to do the millions, don't we? <laughs> you can, this no. is the exciting part of the podcast. Yeah, I know, the math. We're doing math. Okay, so it's 432,000. So that million. would be 43. <laughs> Billion. $43 billion they're going to owe at isn't, this rate. Isn't that how much money they that. made? They probably have that. What do you <laughs> no, know? Do yeah, they? they probably got a couple of those. I thought Oxy was the $40 billion mistake. Okay, so they're breaking even they're if they break, settle yeah, everything. They're, they're going to be fine. So Purdue, owned by the Sackler family, um, Nan Golden is an artist who's embarrassed them in the art community. She's doing all she can. She's an amazing woman. They're, the lawyers, Gibby Haynes' wife, Missy, is part of the law f- team in Ohio. There's lawyers all across the country representing hospitals, municipalities, counties, states. There are uh, attorney generals of states suing Purdue. They're coming every which way. The next court case is in fall. They don't know if it's September or October. And at that there's a combination of them in Ohio. You're talking about there could be billions of dollars in settlement just in that next court case coming up. They are being held accountable, not in a criminal way, but certainly in a civil way. And, and so it's justice. And so all of us that have had loved ones and clients and friends that died from Purdue Pharmaceuticals, evil that they put on the society, the society is getting even with Purdue. Yeah, good. Chuck doesn't think it's good. No, I, I like I like tell. the fact that they're being ransacked, but it doesn't it just doesn't it doesn't right the wrong. No, I I mean, you know, in the rep in the I, I would like to see him penniless, but that's also the way, you know, I I'd like to see all I'd like to see them lose. It's just everything. gonna be another drug company to replace him though, right? Do you think that? That's yes. what a lot of people are saying. That's exactly what I think, man. I mean, th- there is always gonna be a market for pain for, for pain, pain management. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's I mean, because we're not, it's also, because we're not supposed to have any anymore. Life and is also, to be what happens free. when you really, you know, are in your last stages of life and you're in pain? And you know, I mean, Dude, they're going to. I know they're going to get rid of those those comfort kits before I go. I'm looking forward to those last. If I if I know I'm dying and I get that last couple yeah, I'm weeks, just of, jumping off of a building, morphine. Man. Okay, let's you know, the end of life is something that we should have an end of life laws. You know what? That there, it's carte blanche. Whatever anybody in the end of life, <laughs> yeah. they can get whatever they want. But but continuing to open the door, the the Pandora's box of opiates to the American public for toothache pain and neck pain and back pain. No, you're exactly for these right. end of you life exactly drugs right. is what's wrong with our right. society. It's what's wrong with medicine. It's wrong with our for profit well, healthcare isn't system. Isn't that what they call off label use? Yes, off label use. So I mean, there's it's already wrong. Three, we, we knew we knew it was wrong, just like we knew that other stuff. I mean, we knew that what was happening in the the, the pain the pain clinics that are popping up in every little town, and that everything's going sideways. People saw it. They're claiming but, but they people didn't were making know it three, wrong. Three years ago, I had a friend that went to an, a doctor for a for a broken like she thought she broke her toe, but she didn't even actually break her toe. They tried to su- prescribe her oxycotton. That's Did not she take happen. it? No, she refused uh, yeah. it. But that's not going to happen anymore. Well, let's get to that. I don't well, think so. Stop that's right great. there. Stop right there. Because there's a lie that's been going on in the sober community for a decade, decade and a half, and I haven't even wanted to t- touch it because it's so controversial. I have friends who were sober in AA who claim that something like that happened. They took the drug and blamed the doctor and blamed Purdue. 
I just don't <laughs> buy that. But I've never been man enough to bring it up to their oh, face. You mean uh. they, they had a full-blown relapse where they entered back into addictive behavior? Yeah, and then they blame the prescription drug pain no. management system for them using... Like, if you don't know, as a drug addict who's sober, Do not, not to take OxyContin, exactly. not to take Xanax, I don't know what to tell you. People, people, to, people told and me... Bob is a good example. Bob just went and got all of his teeth worked on and told the doctor he cannot take pain meds yeah, and i've done that exact same thing i cannot take them people told me early on that it's it's my sobriety and i'm responsible for protecting it they told me you know don't eat choco tacos because there's chocolate liqueur in them don't eat the famous amos cookies because the chocolate chips that he uses has what? chocolate liqueur in them and it was one of those things where I it's just eat, like i eat amos oh maybe well, you know i love famous amos. Amos. Yeah. Yeah. i don't understand where this came from in though. my in my home group that at at the home group where I was for three years, there was this guy that was eating a lot of peppermint patty, peppermint York peppermint patties. He ate like ten. He'd eat like ten of them at a time. And his sponsor told him, "You're relapsing because this is addictive behavior and there's alcohol in those." So, whether you think you're Holy relapsed or not shit. is really. I might not be sober. I love famous. Is that in Costa Mesa? <laughs> <laughs> is that in Costa Mesa? No, that's that's in Anaheim. But it's oh, Anaheim. Anaheim's got some weird ideas up there. But so, I mean, you know whether, you know, if, if, if you took a cold medication or something but see, I and, don't and know you really that. liked the effect and you took it when you didn't need it to get the effect, that's a use. Right. But taking the cold medicine, I don't think it is. If, I, I, if I use liquid paper... I have a sponsee that's and more I, obsessed about things than I am. So he had the flu like two weeks ago. No. He texted me, is, is it okay to take Robitussin? And I said, I don't know what you mean. Like, I take Robitussin. Like Robitussin. Robitussin, right. I, don't, I take it. Like, what? Oh, it's got alcohol in it. I said, then don't take it if it makes you feel uncomfortable. If, I don't live in a world of worried, fear. Well, but I do live in a world that OxyContin is bad. I know right? that I I'm trying to be a realist about things. Yeah. Saying, confusing. Uh, That's, I totally agree. Confusing okay. alcohol in, a, in cold relief, like the, the, abstract, the extract is where the alcohol remains. Like, you know, you're not guzzling. It would take you four bottles. Well, your, your, liver I, would, hey. your liver would shut down from the cinnamon effect. Let me just put it this way, okay? I use mouthwash to clean my mouth. Right. Okay, and I you spit it You son of a sink. bitch. And you call and yourself sober. <laughs> and I spit it out. No wonder he can only when do I, one meeting a week. He's drunk. <laughs> Wait, just this conversation. Just this conversation. Do you understand why normal people think people in AA are batshit crazy? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Because because you know there are people that will tell you that I've heard crazy I've heard crazier shit but you know what crazier I know things in chocolate cookies but if it's a sunny Sunday afternoon and I'm sitting in my backyard and I go you know what would make this a better afternoon a little bit of robitussin <laughs> That well, I, okay, so I know well, for explain, me that that's explain, I, I know wait, for wait, me wait, that wait, that's a use. The, slow the fuck down. Explain to me why you wouldn't just go get a fucking bottle of booze. It doesn't. It because, well, in my mind, in my mind, I can I'm tell not you. Gonna f- 
fuck around with Vicks, I can tell Vicks, him. I can Vicks tell him cough syrup or It's called anything. borderline personality. It's called personality disorder. It's called mental illness. It's called a why lot do, of things. Why do people drink hand sanitizer instead fuck. of going to buy a bottle? I know <sighs> there's a guy at my home group that loved the the hand sanitizer that can't Because he's mentally ill. Yeah. Right. I have to agree, man. <laughs> today, today you know what? If I have a cough, I have some, you know, some NyQuil. Or okay. Yeah, right? yeah. And, 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 and I'm just saying if, but if I'm going to drink booze, I'm going to go fucking drink some booze. Okay, can I tell you, you one thing? Can I tell you one thing? More, I agree. I'm 58 years old now. More males in their mid-50s die of respiratory ailment due to the flu than ever die from any pain-related injury. So pain you don't die from. You do die from pneumonia, Upper which I had two years yeah. ago. Respiratory infections I, are bad. I really... I was so sick. I don't know if you guys remember about two years ago, I thought I might die and I was, and there was nothing I could do about it. I had pneumonia in my lower lung. I had upper respiratory. I could not breathe. I could not sit anywhere. If you're going to tell me that I can't take whatever medicine it does that relieves that so that I can breathe. So I don't get worse and worse and worse, but yet I have, you have to take pain medicine because you have a toothache. That's bullshit. A toothache (laughs) is not going to kill you. The flu fucking kills people. My age. I had the same experience, Bob, when I was going down to Texas one time, I had a total lockup seizure, you know, and I went to this respiratory doctor. He said, well, you've had this, this pneumonia thing, you you know, and I, and he said, I'm going to prescribe you codeine cough syrup right and i said i can't take opiates and he goes well you got to you have to take this because it's the only thing that really effectively works for this take it as directed and uh, i did i took two teaspoons a day as prescribed and i and i recovered and i didn't die of a respiratory disease that was one of the scariest moments (laughs) of my sobriety yeah i thought i was gonna die I get, you know, because you, you got a lot of time on your hands when you're sick and you got your phone. That's a bad thing. <laughs> WebMD like, is a I'm motherfucker. Like, Do they prescribe you coding? No, they prescribed me uh, this other thing. Uh, I forget what it was, but really nothing helped. It was Did you frightening. Have to do- Breather things. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the uh, ep, uh, whatever it's called. Yeah. So. The point being that here's another example of the 12-step community having their ass backwards ideas about things. Pain does not, you don't die from pain. You can die from respiratory disorders, especially at certain ages. Now, let's let's talk about one thing that is very acceptable in the 12-step world, and that is what killed our friend that we talked about last, uh, or at the lecture, when you have hepatitis C and you smoke cigarettes, you die. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long sober you are. If you smoke cigarettes and you have hepatitis C, you are going to die. Regularly, my entire sobriety, people with hepatitis C smoke in AA and nobody calls them on it. Nobody talks to them about it. Nobody says, hey, what you're doing is fucked up. Right? Huh. But... It's because it's totally okay to smoke cigarettes, correct? I don't know if it's okay. That's why I got it. You know, if you think well, it's okay it for you to smoke, you go ahead and smoke. But I've it, never, it, okay, so I've never heard of this hep C and cigarette. Yeah, it's very interrelated. 
Oh, really? You'll, because it's destructive to the immune system, and you already have a compromised immune system. When, I, when Dr. Drew found out in whatever it was, probably 2003, 2004, that I had hepatitis C, because I oh, lived, yeah. lived with it so long, and it flared up, and I could feel it flaring up, and I'd go get my liver enzymes checked and whatever, and I'd say, I need to eat right, I need to rest more. I knew how to correct it, because I'd had it so long. He goes, you smoke. The fuck, you want to die? Dr. Drew, when Dr. Drew says that to right. you, you fucking pay attention. So uh, that's began. No, <laughs> no I no, don't want to die. No, I do not. But that, that <laughs> then okay. started me trying to stop smoking. But I worked in a rehab and the client smoke and everybody that works there smokes. And, right. and it was really hard. I'd make it like, it was so stupid. I would make it like eight days, which you pretty much pass the irritability. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. How long ago was that? 2003. Okay, so how many years have you been chewing the nicotine gum? Since 2004. <laughs> <laughs> 15 years of nicotine watching. gum. So I can't stop smoking uh, natural. I tried uh, uh, right. Chantex or whatever it was. I tried doing it the way I went to uh, nicotine anonymous meetings. Do you know about them? Nope. Okay, I went to nicotine anonymous meetings. I couldn't really, stop yeah. smoking. Drew says, start chewing the gum. You ever chewed the gum? I go, I don't want to fucking chew the gum. He goes, chew the gum and commit that you're not going to pick up a cigarette and just chew the gum. And if you need to chew the gum all day long, um, you know, a piece the entire waking day, just do it. So I do that and that worked. And I hadn't, I hadn't smoked in like four months we're at a staff meeting i'm chewing the gum he goes so the gum's working for you right and i go yeah now how do i get off the gum he goes you don't you just stay on the gum and i was like no i want to get off the gum he goes well then you're gonna have the same withdrawals you can't seem to make it through i said i made it through a bunch of times so i tried to stop the gum now we have to understand when he said chew all the gum you want to a junkie <laughs> I, chew, I chew two number fours at a time all day long oh so so i start trying to stop chewing the gum and i the withdrawal is incredible i'm punching wall like fucking angry and <laughs> it's crazy and so then i do some research and i find out that i am chewing the amount of gum that equals four packs of cigarettes a day oh <laughs> go Bob. well wait wait i wasn't even a pack a day smoker <laughs> oh, that's what I <laughs> so in a matter of like six months i had worked my way up to the all-time <laughs> nicotine addict that's a lot of nicotine then huh <laughs> right the all-time nicotine addict of all time yeah, a, there's nobody better nobody i had to leave at the break remember when you were setting up i left to go buy nicotine gum oh jesus like so so here's the thing i'm really freaking out because i get criticism from everyone you're still chewing the gum and it's four years and five years and six years and seven years and eight years i go drew i gotta stop chewing the gum he goes why works for you and I said, yeah, but, it, you know, it costs so much and, and you know, I just want to get off. He goes, listen, it doesn't, it doesn't have any carcinogens. There's no cancer-causing green. It doesn't it compromise your immune system. You've, you've won. You've succeeded. 
And I go, yeah, but it seems like cigarette methadone. He goes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm on cigarette methadone. For life. For life. For life. You're a lifer. Because I worked, I'm on 120 milligrams of methadone oh for cigarettes. God. And who makes incredible. Well, then tobacco companies make the money from the nicotine, right? Yeah, they, they own the copyright on Pantex, which is the main ingredient of nicotine. It is their nicotine, Suboxone, isn't it? And it's it? owned by Philip Morris. Ugh. I actually they aren't pay, out of the game. They got are you they? coming and going. But see, I'm trying to be transparent here. Whatever solves the problem that you have, you can't smoke and have hepatitis C and live to be 80. That's a natural fucking fact. And the okay. friend of ours that died at 56 the other day had hepatitis C and smoked aye, and aye, was aye. sober, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay. so you can't. And so, do we owe? A personal responsibility to friends of ours that have hepatitis C. See, now it's it's kind of not important to talk about it anymore because hepatitis C is curable now with with uh, whatever Harvoni and there's a new one coming out too. I was thinking it. I'm cured of it, but I'm thinking I should do the new new drug just, too, <laughs> just, just to make sure. No, what just you know, to make sure. That's you know, so that's a, that's a because I got thing new about good insurance. It might that's cover so it. So addict. <laughs> I'll just do it anyways. You might as well cure it twice. Yeah, yeah. cure it twice. No harm in the second cure. Let's overdo it. So, you know, I just think that people get a little too militaristic so that about would lead sobriety. So that would lead us to Suboxone, right? Does a person Is a person better off on Suboxone <laughs> Some a little bit? There's a byproduct of Suboxone that nobody wants to talk about, and certainly the people who prescribe it and the drug treatment centers that... Uh, promote it and the drug company certainly that owns it doesn't want you to know about is it diminishes your sex drive so if you're cool with not having much of a sex drive um hmm. and being a life of suboxone that's cool but i would rather be dead myself <laughs> I, you know, I, I really, I really <laughs> bob's gonna be in that living room <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another Going, week. Or the March your calendar next a anywhere, Tuesday. Next anywhere but the bed. Once they, uh, a week. That's funny because Mike's missing my point. <laughs> He's been week. divorced so long he can't remember what being no. married is like. No. Once a week, next Monday, I got it on my <laughs> oh calendar. My God, that's so <laughs> Chuck funny. knows. You, Chuck knows. You gotta maintain. The uh but that's it's funny because my uh, my clinical director was I, I think she was kind of tired of us not knowing what everybody was on. So everybody on my caseload, I had I had to look up every every drug and supplement and everything that they were on, from thiamine to suboxone to whatever it is, to find out what what's going on. A lot of them are on. on testosterone. Have you there, seen there's that? A, there's a lot of there's a lot a, of a lot of young kids on testosterone. Like Mike, heck? what the hell is that? It's just like natural shit. It, isn't it puts the lead in the pencil, from what I understand. But, but the, what do they but, need oh, that why? for? Yeah, like, because opiates are supposed to be they're supposed know, to affect the they, production. They don't have a partner and they I don't know, have a job. Know, but, do we really but, need to worry about their sexuality? Me, stop taking the opiates. But, <laughs> what, what, what I learned that was great though is that I, I looked at the Suboxone website and they said that um, if if you're taking it daily to stop immediately, you may suffer mild erections mild oh. mild uh, detox symptoms there may be a mild detox if you abruptly stop taking suboxone and i thought oh, that's an that is the biggest mild. crock of horseshit i watch yeah. them i watch them do their taper and they're still having a rough time once they're down to two one or two milligrams a day Right. To go from one or two milligrams to nothing, and when you got people in their in their 20s, it, how, if they abruptly stop, it is it is rotten. Uh, yeah. 
It's and, crazy. And you're talking about the biggest whiners in the world. Uh, well, yeah, most most junkies are. Most junkies. I was. I'm not saying anybody else is. I'm not saying I was different. I was the biggest one. You know, I always thought that I had the worst back pain and all this. Oh, it must be something wrong. It was actually my liver and my kidney in the back. <laughs> well, Mike, when I stopped. Mike's Mike's being a little. Uh, he's he's being a little unmikeish. Oh, I am. I saw Mike go through endocarditis and not even go to a doctor. Oh yeah. Hmm. I mean. He's tough as nails. Why are you trying to act like a pussy right now? I'm not. <laughs> well, I, Did some I, girl say she likes your sensitive side? Yeah, you mean a sensitive guy? <laughs> I was a, what do you mean I was a white? How does that? I don't get it. You did endocarditis. I watched I you be sick for two weeks, yeah, like dying, caught, and didn't even go to a doctor. Fever did you go to a doctor? No, I didn't. I called. You didn't go to a doctor. You know who I called? I called Gaza X. I said, oh, Gaza. No, that'll help. I said, Gaza what? And he, and he called Xene because they went to the this doctor and they gave me all these like he came over and he oh. gave me all this medicine that's like vitamins and stuff that would help me but that was it oh doctor in, in uh, Larch in uh, yeah. Larchmont Larchmont Village I've yeah. been there that yeah. is the biggest crock of shit in the and world and he gave me like niacin yeah, and yeah, yeah. all this other stuff oh I went and there and, and it actually I mean it eventually you know it, it went away you know but. I want to start taking thiamine thiamine what, whatever it is the thiamine I looked that up because a lot of people are on it but then one of the guys looked it up and he goes yeah but if you inject it it can cause problems I said I'm not going to shoot it I'm not going to shoot it uh, how about we not shoot our vitamins <laughs> exactly. for a day and I'm not going to get drunk <laughs> off of Vicks, Vicks cough syrup yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, so, dang it so there's all these rules and when I I think about my sobriety, it's the lack of rules. I was a slave and now I'm free. Yeah, and, it's a beautiful and there thing, are man. people that want to be slaves to sobriety. I really believe that. I think so. There are people who like to check every box and they like to they like and they love the rules. Give me more rules so I can follow them. Yeah, the the rules are you do the right thing and because you because you don't want to do the wrong thing. Yeah, I think you it know? makes them feel more important or something. That they like live by the like rules. The, yeah, by that, the, or they're making up their own. You know. So so I really think that we being in Wisconsin reminded me a revolution is happening because I've met thousands of people that are a part of it, but everybody's too scared to speak out like I do against AA. There's just this respect of AA. I think, Mike, you had it a lot two years ago. You're much looser I still about have it. it. But you still have it. But listen to me. And this is what a really radical guy I met in Wisconsin said. He said an interesting thing. When Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob were running around starting AA, what do you think the Oxford group members thought of it? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Think about that. Well, I, I know what they thought. We're forgetting they thought it was bullshit. They well, thought and, it was rebellious. And they said, go ahead and take our steps and help your little alcoholics. We're going to save the world. You go help the little Is that what happened? Yeah, they belittled them. Yeah, Do you they, know the history of it? Well, that's the way it was. Yeah, it was broken down to me. Uh, you know, Jack knows that stuff. He's really big on it. And that was the thing is they so said, the, they said hey, we're going to appropriate this stuff from your, your group. What do you want from us? And they said, you know what? Help your little... Your little group of alcoholics. We're going to save the world. That's no, there's Jack's condescension. So uh, now I'm filtering it through where you heard it from. Okay, mm -hmm. so let me tell you what was really happening. There were 2.5 million Oxford Group members, and there were 40 Alcoholics Anonymous members. How do you think that? How do you think that? <laughs> they thought they were untouchable. Right. I think AA thinks it's untouchable. And I think a touch is coming. I think a new <laughs> version of it is coming. I really do. 
And I think that that condescension that you're describing, it was probably there, but it was, uh, how do we know it you wasn't see, goodwill? He, how, how do we know it wasn't goodwill? And because they had, the, well, it was they had a bigger mission in mind, and that this could be a part of it. It could be an offshoot of it, like saying this is still here, but go ahead and do don't don't die with Bob. It's cool. Think of it. Think of AA as this. Think of AA as an open platform, almost like a like a software company opens up their platform to be improved by other people. AA is like an open platform. I. Ha- now think that AA is going to come storming back and be a big popular thing at some point. You don't think that that AA could because, go the way of the Oxford group no, and because a new not, version of it could come? Because new people come in and new people are allowed. There's not to, a lot of new people coming in. Well, I'm thinking that there's going to be. <laughs> I, have I have faith that there's going the to be a change. The Calvary's coming. Yep, there's going to be a change of young well, people who are... Oh, AA is specifically, not growing. Uh, specifically just, going to be from this opioid. It's, um, at some point, epidemic. it might be cool to go again. But right now, AA is the Facebook of places to go and hang out. It's just not cool for the kids. Yeah. So it, what it's I'm where saying old people is go some right of now. those kids are going to create. I don't know. It might be a digital universe. I don't know what it's going to be, but I feel it coming. I, I said some things in Wisconsin that when I said them 10 years ago, I got booed. Literally, people said, Boo. for sharing, for sharing, <laughs> for sharing your opinion or your thoughts yes, on something, yes. you get booed. See, that's now, not what AA is. And now people are applauding. That's a difference in ten years about that's just criticizing the the rigidity and the religiosity of you're AA. Like, you're like, and Prince that's proof. Of AA. That's proof that it's an open platform and it can change. That's definite proof right there. All right, so we're going to do it. I want, huh. I want emails from people. I want us to do research. I've been doing it a little bit the last year or so. I've counted how many people in an AA meeting are under 30. So when you go to your meetings this week, try to make a mental note of, say there's 40 people in the meeting. How many are under 30? Because when I was going in the 80s, that number was growing. That number was mm-hmm. 25% to 30% to 50% right? It's diminishing. I mean, I went to an AME in Pasadena. There was only two people under 30. There was wow. 40 or 50 people there. There must not be any recovery so homes t- in the area. <laughs> There's nothing but recovery really? homes in Pasadena. Then what are they doing? Because they're having their own groups. They're going to Heroin Anonymous for one thing. There's Heroin Anonymous. Do you know about this? Nope. I don't know about this, and I'm a heroin. <laughs> <laughs> there is heroin anonymous, and it's o- the only means I know of are in Pasadena. Really? All the rehab kids go to heroin anonymous. They're 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 disorganized, but it's got that spirit of something. Of That's fantastic. So cool. That's great. And it's not NA, and it's not AA. It's heroin anonymous. I can I can it. I go there and share about me? Guess go. what? We gotta find these I, meetings, and we gotta. Go. I don't go. Chrissy goes. Chrissy. So oh, all the people, all the people under thirty, all the people in heroin anonymous are under thirty. Oh, tell me, go. tell me, a revolution isn't coming. That's awesome. You know what? They need a godfather. They need someone. Mike Mart, heroinologist. 
<laughs> Trust me, I'm a heroinologist. <laughs> Dude, yeah. you could start driving up and be a guru in Pasadena of heroin anonymous. Oh my god. You could you could like I'm really excited about this. I can't new wait. Prospect. I can't wait to go to a heroin anonymous meeting once it explodes and be, replaces AA and I hear, you know it's like old Mike Mart says. <laughs> <laughs> the heroinologist. It's like the heroinologist Mike Mart says. Dude, you've got it. Oh it's it's got a calling you. It's, it's, written, it's got your Mike name Mark written all right over now. it. I love it, man. Are you You've never me? heard of heroin I anonymous? Have not. You're the first. The first time I've heard I of it is right here. Google it right now and see if uh, there's. Pa- I bet you there's a Long Beach oh, meeting on, of heroin anonymous. There, there it is. There's a homepage. Oh my god. Formed in 2004 in Phoenix, Arizona. Go Arizona. What? Modeled after Alcoholics Anonymous, HA Hello. is a fellowship of heroin addicts who meet regularly to help each other practice complete abstinence from all drugs and alcohol. Heroin Anonymous does not provide drug counseling, medical or psychiatric treatment, or chemical dependency oh, treatment. Same HA shit. Sounds like AA to me. <laughs> HA groups exist in 19 U.S. states, Canada and the U.K., including started meetings started in Phoenix, Arizona, 2004. Um, I wonder if Hell's Angels are going to sue them over the HA. Anonymity by addressing one another for the same basis. Uh, it doesn't uh, does it say it has a book. Mike, you could be the writer of the book. Damn it! <laughs> All we got to do is change it from alcohol to hey, heroin, and we they we had a, a world convention in 2014. Mike, why were you not they there? Wait, where was it? Where was, was it? Was it in Arizona? Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh. What do they study out of? The World Convention in 2018 was in Portland, Oregon. It's celebrating its 14th year of operation. Uh, we got to go to Heroin Anonymous. So what go. the fuck? No wonder we're so miserable. We're three heroin addicts going to fucking Alcoholics Anonymous. Got to go to H.A. Yeah, but I drank too. H.A. 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 All right, let's get out of here and go to an H.A. meeting. The revolution is here, people. This is a nice show. We've had a long night, so it's going to be a little short. One. Yeah, it'll be fine. That's Don't what she said. Yeah. All right, love you guys. See you later. <laughs> Don't die. <Good> night. <laughs> Don't die. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call. Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die podcast. Got a hundred people a day dying of drug overdoses, and it's got to stop. Allo Treatment Centers wants it to stop. We want people to get educated about drugs, about treatment. We want you to learn, laugh, and live. But first and foremost, don't die. 